What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Well, two and five, not the season that everybody thought Arkansas was going to have at this point, but finally returning home to Fayetteville. You see that funny little squiggly at sign before Arkansas's name. Haven't seen that in a long time. First time when I guess they kick off, it'll be like 35 days between home games. So it is what it is. We're going to talk to Danny West, help us get a little more insight on recruiting and maybe some visitors up here for this game. Talk to him a little bit about the game last week also. And, of course, we're going to get Andrew Ellis's take as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. If you're interested in knowing how to watch, you're watching this, obviously, but there's plenty of other ways to watch. You can watch on YouTube. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Just take a moment to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Always streaming the show live on Facebook. Follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a like or thumbs up on both those platforms. Be sure to interact with the video. Leave your comments and things of that nature. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Take a moment and throw us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. We're almost at 1,000, by the way, on, on Apple Podcasts. Love to get there before football season starts. Where to start here? Hmm. What do we want to start with today? Probably do a little housekeeping with basketball. Well, let's start with Landon Jackson, first of all, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. No co-SEC Defensive Player of the Week, just got Defensive Player of the Week, so that's certainly good. He certainly deserves it. Three and a half sacks for 24 yards and losses, 11 tackles, which is pretty substantial for a defensive end. No player in the SEC has had uh, three and a half sacks this year. In fact, the last Arkansas player to get three and a half sacks was Trey Flowers. I actually remember it. It was 2012 against Auburn. That was kind of like his, hey, you don't recruit me, you're going to have to deal with me kind of game. So it's been a while. It's been 11 years, 11 tackles, 11 years since two and a, since excuse me three and a half sacks. Arkansas basketball is ranked in the preseason AP top 25 for the third straight year. Last year they were 10th. This year they're 14th. Other SEC school SEC schools ranked are number nine Tennessee, number 15 Texas A&M, 16 Kentucky, and 24 Alabama. Certainly deserving. I mean, on the whole team is like – it's not completely restructured. you got Devo and Trevon Brazil back and Mitchell and, and all those things. But, I mean, it's a respect factor, isn't it, at this point with Arkansas basketball. Like, you just, you just continue to be ranked. Good deal. So, just rounding out the uh, AP preseason top 25, Kansas is one, Duke is two, Purdue three. Purdue coming to Fayetteville in, what, 14 days, something like that. They got an exhibition game coming up this week. Here, we'll get to that. Look at the schedule. All right, so Red-White Showcase obviously already happened uh, October 4th, 88-70 for the Red team. UT Tyler on Friday, October 20th, and then Saturday, October 28th. Uh, you've got Purdue and a charity exhibition at 3 o'clock. That's on SEC, uh, SEC Network Plus. The UT Tyler, UT Tyler game, you're going to have to be there if you want to watch it. Of course, we'll have plenty of coverage at hogsports.com. So let's look at the rest of the uh, top 25. So three Purdue coming to Fayetteville. That's, that's exciting. Four Michigan State. Marquette is five. UConn is six. Seven is Houston. Eight is Creighton. Nine is Tennessee, as we mentioned, and ten is Florida Atlantic. I'm not going to go over the whole list. You can go look at the list. I'm not going to read off 25 names. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what I will take some time to do, and that's mention our friends at Ozarks Go. OzarksGo.net slash hog. If you're interested in upgrading your Internet service, you're not pleased with your current provider, you don't have Internet anyway, uh, then look at our friends at Ozarks Go. Northwest Arkansas, think north of the tunnel, into Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, ever-expanding. So uh, they're getting a foothold in Rogers now. Uh, a great service that I've had for two and a half years now. Been very pleased with the service at Ozarks Go. I've never had an outage. I've never had to unplug and replug. I don't know if I could give a better endorsement for Internet service than I don't have to unplug and replug and get in an argument with my family and people. I can't get online. Why is this not working? That's not, you know, I mean, like, is that, a, is that not a ringing endorsement? And it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. I've never had to unplug and replug my router. I've never wondered why I can't get this video to play. It just works. It's worked every day. I mean, they gave me a notice like one time that there was going to be an outage. 
And that's the only time it's ever happened. And they gave me like 10 notices like, hey, it's going to be midnight. You're not going to be able to get on the internet, you know, for an hour or so. So, I mean, there's not a better endorsement than that. 479-684-4900. You can also reach them online, ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. Find out if they're available in your area. If you get Ozarks Electric, you can get Ozarks Go. Great low price. They're not going to jack your rates up the next year. Go check them out. Everybody knows I give them my stamp of approval. Let's see where we want to go next. What's the line on this game? Check Bet Saracen. All right, so Arkansas is minus six and a half. I like Arkansas in this game. Arkansas has to win. So Arkansas minus six and a half on the Bet Saracen app. Minus 275 on the money line. Mississippi State's plus 230 on the money line. And the over-under is 50 and a half points. I don't hate that under. I'm also not very good at gambling. So maybe you shouldn't listen to what I say. In fact, I'm not very good at all. All right. This is a must win. There's no question about it, people. This is a must win. Like, BYU is a must win. I mean – in a lot of ways, looking at the stretch, but like now that things have unfolded the way they are, Mississippi State's a must-win for different reasons. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of my thoughts on the situation and all that stuff that Arkansas is in currently. Okay, if you watched my walk and talk on Saturday, it was 14 and a half minutes long, and I went into all that. I mean, most of it was just about the situation that Arkansas is in now. So I'm not going to just like repeat myself on all that stuff. You can go check out the walk and talk if you want to get more of that opinion. But – Man, I do think it's interesting the schedule that Arkansas has been faced with, and we knew it when it came out. I mean, we knew that this was going to be daunting, and they needed to win the BYU game. They needed to win one of those four road games that they had consecutively, and that's what I had to pick them do. And still, you know, going one, four and one down the stretch these last five games, and you know, you're coming out with eight wins. I mean, that's kind of what I thought. Now, I think if they had this defense on last year's team, last year's team would have been. Really solid. If they had last year's offense with this team, really solid. I mean, how much do you miss like a guy like Luke Jones who just basically retired? You know, he didn't even take his talents to the NFL or try to make a team or anything. He's just like, I'm ready to move on past football. And that happens. You see that every once in a while. Even though, I mean, he's a redshirt senior last year. He still had another COVID year if he'd wanted to take it. But, man, like he would have been a nice addition. Not losing Devon Manuel basically all season to injury. Maybe things fall differently for you. But – uh I mean, they lost the, – the key word is they lost, right? I mean, a loss is a loss in a lot of people's minds. I mean, I don't know if that's entirely true. Losing 24-21 to Alabama, I don't think there's a whole lot of shame in that other than, you, again, like I said, you, you pile on all those other losses with it. Uh, a lot of people called Arkansas's offense, you know, very – and I asked Sam Pittman about it at the press conference today, you know, like, you know, were you too conservative with the offense? I think they were at points, but also understand – some of the things they were trying to do is not get K.J. sacked. If you notice, like, people complaining about the long developing plays also that result in sacks. And Arkansas gave up, still gave up sacks, but they, you know, had the quick passing game. They're throwing to the flats a lot. They're throwing quick passes over the middles, you know, comebacks and, you know, throwing curls and just very, very fast get the ball out kind of stuff. And that's why I think we didn't see a whole lot of throws downfield. Now you're two, you're, you know, second down and one, the whole playbook to me opens up a little bit more. Obviously, you don't want to take a sack in that situation, but maybe you could you could attempt a, a deeper throw downfield or take a shot or something. Um, yeah, I mean, they were conservative, but it put them in position to win. Defense has been playing lights out. Twenty five out of twenty eight quarters, they've they've given you what you should expect out of a Razorback defense. Amazing when you consider all the changes. Another question I asked Sam Pittman about at the press conference today. When you consider all the changes that they made, all the players that left, all the players that they brought in. I mean, they've got nine transfers, not including Landon Jackson and Dwight McLaughlin, you know. Uh, nine transfers in this defense that are playing a major role for them. Three new coaches on defense. I mean, so much change and to make such a quick turnaround. Plus, you got guys like, you know, the whipping boy, Hudson Clark, and uh, Jaden Johnson, got a guy that people wrote off last year, including me, um, who are playing outstanding right now. I mean, that just shows you like what we we're talking about in the preseason 
if we nailed anything, we didn't nail the offense. I mean, I didn't think the offensive line was going to be like out of this world, but I thought they would be competent <laughs> and they just really struggled. But the defense, I mean, has really, I think, performed above what we, you know, what our expectations were for it. And a lot of it comes down to depth. You look at what they have in the secondary right now. They didn't have Jalen Braxton. They didn't have Dwight McLaughlin. They're two starting, you know, defensive backs. They also lost Keon Stewart during the game. He was banged up. Uh, but they didn't have their two starting cornerbacks in this one. And um, they've had to shift some guys around. They didn't have Pooh Paul at linebacker. They didn't have Cam Ball, who might be their best defensive tackle. And they still performed very admirably against Alabama on the road. I mean, it just shows you, again, what that transfer portal can do to a team, especially when you're talking about defense, I think, where maybe offense takes a little more time to get accustomed to stuff. But this defense has been playing lights out. Credit to Travis Williams and, um, I mean, the whole defensive staff. Great job. Great job to this point. They need that to continue. I wonder about the mindset that this team might have against Mississippi State. Mississippi State, of course, when you look at Arkansas' schedule, they've been on the road four straight weeks, you know, against two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one teams consecutively. And you got Mississippi State, and of course, they get a bye week before they come to Arkansas, get some things sorted out, get some injury situation, move some things around that they probably need to do because they are three and three, zero oh and three in the SEC right now. Where they play Western Michigan, and then they get a bye week, and then they get Arkansas. I mean, that's that's how you want your bye week to set up, basically, for a road trip. So, um, you know, the SEC has done Arkansas just wrong with this. I mean, no, there's not a single team in the country that's had to deal with the type of schedule. And we knew going in it was going to be tough. Nobody has had to deal with that type of schedule in the entire country. And if you ever have had to – if you're a fan, I would love to hear your comments below. If you've had to deal through something like that – what Arkansas just went through going at LSU, neutral site game in Dallas against Texas A&M, against uh, Ole Miss, at Ole Miss, and then at Alabama. If you've had to deal with something like that, then I would love to hear about it because I just think it's absolutely insane that the SEC put that on any team. And I think it's negligent in a lot of ways to treat an entire fan base like that. Arkansas has not played a home game when they kick off against Mississippi State, it'll have been 35 days since they since their last home game. 35 days. And they get a bye week next week, and then they travel to Florida, and then I believe they get Auburn. I think that's November 11th. So when you get to that November 11th date, you're talking about the day before that kickoff, you're talking about 55 days in the middle of the football season where they had one home game. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just insane. And, you know, when you consider this and you consider, like, what they did to Arkansas, you know, Arkansas, here they are on a 19-game SEC losing streak. They got a brand-new head coach in Sam Pittman in 2020, and the COVID restrictions come in. Like, what do you think they were thinking when they were like, let's give Arkansas – let's give them number four, Georgia, and let's send them to number eight, Florida the two toughest teams in the SEC Eastern Division at the time. What do you think they were thinking? Like, man, Arkansas is going to hate this. Or do you think they were like, screw them. Let them do something. What are they going to do? Like, what do you think the schedule makers were thinking? Because you know they looked at it and like, man, this is wrong. We're going to do this. How many have they lost in a row? 19? They've lost 19 SEC games in a row. Should we give them a Vanderbilt maybe? Maybe get them Kentucky at home or something? I don't know. I mean – what about South Carolina? Let's give them Florida. Let's send them to Florida. Let's send them to Florida, and let's 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 give them Georgia. Thoughts? You know, I mean, like, what is the conversation like when that happened? And I mean, you you combine that with the you know the <laughs> the schedule they gave them this year, and it's just it, it blows your mind, you know. And they 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 fixed it. Maybe they made up for a lot of things. But you know, when they go to Florida this year. That's going to be – and due to, like, COVID and due to, you know, 2012, the, re, you know, rescheduling, re, you know, expansion of the, of, of the SEC, this will be the fourth trip to Gainesville out of the last five meetings. Two conference teams, four trips to Gainesville out of the last five meetings. How is that – is somebody else dealing with that? I think Mississippi State might have got screwed over with trips to Georgia or something, like in a similar fashion, but – 
If, yeah, Mississippi State and Arkansas. They're not doing that kind of crap to Alabama, to Georgia, to Florida. So, anyway, I know I'm ranting here. And sorry, Andrew, I'm going a little bit long. We're going to get to Andrew Ellis here next. And, Danny, you're after that, so it's I'm pushing all of you back just a little bit because I, I just want to get to a couple things here. And, I mean, look at Missouri, for example. All right, all credit in the world to Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz. Um, I've said some harsh things about Eli Drinkwitz in the past. You can't deny that they're 6-1 and one right now, and he's doing a good job, obviously. You can't deny 6-1. and one. And if you gave Arkansas Missouri schedule, I'm not saying Arkansas would be 6-1. and one. I'm not taking a dig at Missouri, okay? So don't take it that way, please. But I know I've taken digs in the past, and, you know, Eli Drinkwitz has proven everybody wrong. He's – despite the way he looks and behaves and acts, he's, he's doing a pretty bang-up job at Missouri. So, where might Arkansas or any SEC team be right now with a lineup that includes South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, Memphis, Vanderbilt, LSU, and Kentucky? That's the slate that they've gone through so far. And the only the, the, the one loss is LSU at home. One loss is LSU. I mean, you consider Arkansas has Western Kentucky, or excuse me, Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And by the way, LSU, Alabama, LSU, A&M, Ole Miss, and Alabama were all on the road. So Missouri gets South Carolina Saturday also, which is like what are they two and five or something? Two and four, I think. I don't. Yeah, two. South Carolina's two and four, so they get a two and four South Carolina. Guess where they're playing? in Columbia. It's the sixth time out of eight games that they're playing in Columbia, Missouri. The sixth time out of eight games that they're playing in Columbia, Missouri. Now, they get a chance to poke their chest out in the back half of the schedule. They're going to Georgia. They're hosting Tennessee. They're hosting Florida. And then they're wrapping things up in Fayetteville. They get through that, and we're still talking about them top 25 and and all this, that, and the other. It's another Sam Pittmanism. Then, um, Okay. But again, I'm not saying Arkansas would be six and one playing what Missouri, you know, Missouri schedule right now. I'm just saying it would be nicer. I don't think Arkansas has had a schedule play out, open up like that in 33 years. And speaking of Georgia, by the way, UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. That's their schedule so far. The defending two time national champions. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Sam Pittman believes this is a must-win game, just like I do. It's a must-win game. Have to win. I asked him about it. What's the psychology of this team? You're going through all this road warriors, us against the world mentality. And then, oh, these teams, this team has lost three. They're three and three. You mean they're not five and one, or four and one, three and one, or two and one? They're it's Mississippi State. We could we could beat them. You know, we're returning home. We're going to have people cheering for us. You know, like psychologically, don't let that mess you up. Don't let that mess you up. And I asked him about it. He says, we got to win. And you do. You have to win. You have to win this game for so many reasons. You can't return home after all this time off and lay an egg against Mississippi State. You just can't. You can't. It can't happen. Two and six, Cannot happen to this team. 0-5 cannot happen to this team. And Sam Pittman knows it. And his players better know it. I think they do. Football's a funny game. Where are we going? Oh, we got to go to Andrew Ellis. Let's go to Andrew. All right, everybody. For you, to, for those of you who don't follow Andrew Ellis, then what are you doing? You're missing out. Andrew Ellis does a fantastic job for us. Andrew Ellis, 24-7 on Twitter. He covers just about everything you can imagine, football, basketball, baseball. Oops, that's not who we're calling, are we? We're calling Andrew Ellis. Where you at, Andrew? Bear with me. Having an issue. There we go. Again, follow him at Andrew Ellis 24-7. Does a great job for us. Andrew, how you doing, brother? Trey, I'm doing tremendous. How are you? Tremendous. I'm sorry I'm seven minutes late on you. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, so let's talk some ball. Yeah, let's talk some ball. I mean, you're into moral victories, right? 
<laughs> well, look, Trey, everyone seems to be upset about that term, and I understand because, like, moral victory is not what you want. That's not what you – you know, Sam Pittman was not in the locker room pregame being like, guys, let's go out there and let's not win this game, but let's, like, let's have a moral victory. It's not like that. Nobody wants that, but – was this game not like the most textbook moral victory of all time? Like you didn't win the game, but you had some moments of encouragement. You fought hard. You didn't quit. You didn't roll over. It's a moral victory. I mean, and look, I know that's not that – that sounds condescending, but I mean also we're talking about a 2-5 and five football team here. So, yeah, it's a little condescending. But until there's an actual victory, that's just what it is. And look, we can do the whole schedule thing and, you know, it's a, it's a brutal four-game stretch. And I agree with you. That should not happen to any team in college football. That four games away from home and playing against three top twenty teams, and you know, like it, it was, it's a tough thing, and, and it's a valid reason, and it's a, not an excuse. It's a valid thing, but all of that goes out the window if you lose this weekend. So I think that you know, and you talked about it being a must win. It's I, there, there couldn't be more of a must win. I mean, you mm-hmm. you absolutely have to win this one, and uh, if you do, it becomes a lot more easy and a lot a lot more fun to start doing all the well, the schedule was bad and first-year coordinator, first-year coordinator on defense. Like, it took us a little minute. We had some sparks, like, to do all the the, the moral victory talk, which yeah. is what we're doing. That's what we're doing on weeks like this. That's what we've been doing for five weeks of, well, they're not winning games, but I, I just think at some point you got to start winning the games. And I understand that this is a tough stretch, but I think you got to forget about all that. And like you said, you can't let that mentally get in your head. You just have to focus. You just, everything has to go into this week. They just got to show up. They got to put their best foot forward, and you know if they beat this Mississippi State team, all of a sudden you're going into the bye week. You're like, all right, you know they they broke the they stopped the bleeding going into the bye week. Things are nice. You still got, I guess it'll be three home games left at that point. Like you'll still you start you'll start to feel pretty good, and I think that's just kind of where we're at with this football team. Um, we can talk more about Saturday's game if you want to. Um, there was plenty to get into from it, plenty of pros and cons and everything in between. But I just think it's very simple at this point. It's like. This this game is is everything. Mm-hmm. They have to win this weekend, and I think that that's kind of the theme of the week. That's all there is to figure out. There, we we can sit here and talk about whatever we want to talk about, but it's just like the proof. It's going to come out. Like this weekend is going to be the week. Like if they lose this one, there is no spinning it. You know, there is no you know, oh Mississippi State was off a bye or whatever. You, we're done. Can we agree that we're not playing that game if they if they lose this one? Yeah. Can we agree on that at least? You know, <laughs> I, I think I think we're at the same spot. Yeah, and I'm you know I may sound like I'm frustrated and I'm like trying to to you know downgrade the team. I'm not. I just think that like it's we're, we've done all these talking points and I feel like we're going in circles every week of like, oh they looked bad here but they look good here and oh well they looked good in this department but but this, last week they look you know it's like we're we're just going in circles. I just think it's time for this football team to win a game. Yeah, and uh, you know I think they have a very good chance to do it. I, th- I don't think Mississippi State is as bad as they've looked at times this year. I think you'll probably see a better version of them coming off a of bye week, but. I mean, you just you gotta win this when you're favored by a touchdown at home. Um, and I, you know, what's funny is I, I can actually believe a lot of the things that Sam Pittman has been saying because I'm seeing it with this team. I'm seeing this team is not quit. This team's not done or anything like that. I'm uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what they look like this weekend from a mentality standpoint and just kind of the overall product that we get to see out on the field for the first time in five weeks at home. Yeah. I mean, when you go back and look at the history books, people will look at the overall schedule. They're unlikely to look game by game and say, oh, they were close, they were close, they were close, they were close. You know, they're going to look at the overall. I want to run this by you because um, you like to – you like to play the ponies and things of that nature. (laughs) I've been been using a lot of Sam Pittmanisms today. But – Josh Pate, uh, he does the JP poll. And the JP poll is based on solely on who would win if they were playing. It's not based on records or anything like that. And Arkansas, he has Arkansas at 30th. And he uses, you know, his computer model and all that kind of stuff. But they have Arkansas at 30th in the nation, ahead of Iowa, ahead of Wisconsin, which basically means that right now they have them, they would have them picked as the favorite to win the Big Ten. West what are your thoughts on that that's out of left field what are your thoughts I'll be honest with you that's not the most stunning news I've ever received because you think about you know you look at the teams Arkansas has lost to this year I don't know what the rest of the JP poll looks like but I would assume at least four or five of those teams are probably in that top 30 right Arkansas Mm -hmm. loses to to those to four of those teams by one possession so you know I can get behind that kind of thing but to be honest with you Trey it almost makes makes it more frustrating that this mm-hmm. team went 0-5 in the stretch that they did. It was like, you know, because we spent all summer looking at that four-game stretch and talking about it. It's not like it came out of nowhere. 
we all knew this was happening, and we were all kind of in the preseason. We're like, hey, if, you, if you win one of those games, that's good. You know, win two, that's awesome. Whatever. Uh, not only you go zero and four in that stretch, but you just don't have the benefit of the doubt with that BYU loss. But you know, I, I well, like I said, I feel like that almost makes it more frustrating. You know, because I think everyone's looking at this through the lens of like Arkansas was close against all these good teams. I think I would argue on the other side of like I think they caught all of those teams at a perfect time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah. think Bama that was a you, that was not the you know Bama. I'm not saying Bama didn't play great. You know, they they were horrible or anything, but I would say that that probably was not a, a peak Alabama performance on Saturday wasn't a peak Ole Miss performance that Arkansas had to face whenever they were in Oxford probably the worst uh, game LSU's offense has played all year was against Arkansas in that first half especially in Baton Rouge and BYU you caught them week three at home at 6 30 with a full crowd like I don't know if there is a better time to catch BYU and so it's like mm-hmm. I, you know I think that poll almost backs up what my eyes are telling me which is that Arkansas is not substantially worse than all of these teams but they're losing to all of them you know and so it's like almost more frustrating hearing stuff like that and knowing how quote unquote close this team is. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, like I've said, we, we've, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. Like this team clearly is not like out of it, you know, like they're not, it's not a team that's letting go of the rope or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so I think that's probably where some of that projection comes in. And they've, they fought in the second half, especially these last few weeks and show that they're, they want to win. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it, you know, it's going to be, fascinating to see if they can kind of rally together and make something happen on the stretch because when I mean, you look at these games they they could be favored in four of these games on the stretch i mean it's very possible i mean they're favored this weekend probably going to be favored at home against auburn we'll see kind of how that plays out florida they'll probably be an underdog missouri is going to be an interesting one by the time that game rolls around and they just talked about them a little bit um so yeah i'm i i, I buy into all of these narratives that we're talking about of like tough schedule tough road situation they're closer than they appear all of that stuff but now it's time to go prove that you know it's time to go prove it right and i think this is a this is an interesting time for arkansas but i think it could be an exciting one you know i think that uh it really just all comes down to this game yeah. i mean i know it sounds that sounds dramatic and cliche but it's like you win this game you can start talking me into a lot of stuff right but you lose this one and you kind of lose all of that and then you go into the bye week with negative momentum and it just can probably spiral from there but yeah, so I'm. Uh, I, I, that's not stunning to me that Arkansas is still getting some love in some of those metrics and stuff like that because of how close they've played some of these teams. But just about getting over that hump, and uh, we'll see if we'll see if they can do it against a little bit more favorable matchup this weekend. Andrew Ellis joining us again. You can follow him at Andrew Ellis twenty four seven on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Do It All Man. Basketball, football, baseball does a little bit of everything. Andrew, before we get you out here, six and a hook right now on the Bet Saracen app. What do you think? I like it. I think that's that's about what I was that, – that's around where my head thought the number might be. You know, like I thought Arkansas would be under a touchdown, but kind of in that range. I uh, Arkansas, they've covered the last couple of weeks, so I'm, my, my brain is trying to rack it, trying to figure out, like, what their percentages are of covering. But I don't know. I think it's a number Arkansas can handle. I mean, it, it, Mississippi State's kind of a wild card here because we don't really know what we're going to expect from them. I mean, one, you've got a first-year head coach. So we haven't seen a ton of a sample of what this program is going to look like moving forward. And then they've also had basically two weeks to prepare for this game. So yep. it'll be interesting to see. I think that maybe is uh, keeping this line a little bit closer. But I, I think Arkansas is a better team. They're at home. It's, you know, it's, it might not be a ruckus crowd or sellout like Sam Pittman is expecting. I don't know who's telling them that. But uh, I, I think it should be a, a decent environment for Arkansas to perform in. So. I, I like Arkansas. I think the number is pretty accurate in terms of just like what it should be. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if Arkansas can do it. But I, I could see Arkansas winning this game by double digits for sure. I think it'll be a pretty good crowd. I mean, just from the fact that they've been gone so long and people make plans way ahead of time, you know, that like, well, okay, there's – wow, there's 35 game days in between home games. Well, what's – okay, well, we got a plan for the Mississippi State game, you know. And people do that way out and book hotel rooms and things like that so um i think it'll be a pretty de- it is an 11 o'clock game so probably a little bit late arriving but i mean i think we'll be talking i think there'll be 70 there don't you uh, yeah I, I i have nothing to base this off of i'm i have <laughs> zero actual evidence to present to you i'm just going off of a complete feel of like i feel like on a five game losing streak it'll be less of a crowd than it was against byu but it was a really the oh, crowds yeah. early in the year were, were really good well byu um, was yeah, like think- the eighth largest ever wasn't it yeah, it was it was it was it was very solid. Um, and that was a night game, a little bit a little bit different situation. Yeah. Weather was a little bit more ideal, but 
Um, yeah, I, that's that's going to be interesting. You know, I love that term, late arriving crowd. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be inter- I'll be interested to see what the crowd looks like. But uh, you know, I think I think that that's going to be a huge factor in this. Of like, because I think players can feel that if the atmosphere is dead, that mm-hmm. has to have a little bit of an effect on you. So I'll definitely have my eye on like what the the feel is. If it feels more like a funeral on Saturday, or if it's more like you know a crowd ready to get behind their team and i think the first couple possessions are going to be huge because if you go ahead and you come out here and three and out and all of a sudden that crowd starts groaning and it's a little gets a little weird that pressure starts to mount but if arkansas is able to get things going early i think that crowd whatever it ends up being if it's 65 70 like whatever it is i think you'll you'll be able to get a pretty good uh version out of them so should be uh should be interesting to see all right a appreciate you brother absolutely thank you Trey all right everybody that's Andrew Ellis again follow him at Andrew Ellis 24-7 he's the hog sports well he's not the recruiting analyst we're going to the recruiting analyst but Andrew Ellis is the hog sports do it all man covers just about everything you can think of we're going to Danny West now Danny is the recruiting man Danny how you doing doing very well brother how are you i'm doing good just uh, had a nice conversation with your boy andrew ellis about uh everything boy, going on sure. yeah and uh well we, where do you want to go danny i mean we can go a lot of different angles with it we can get you know, your thoughts go, i'll tell you where i want to go i want to go inside razorback mm-hmm. stadium and see some croups this weekend <laughs> and that's where i'm at it, it's gonna be gonna be good to be back home and see all of you handsome faces in the press box too but yeah uh, we can start with that man i just added a uh, notable visitor and state visitor for the class of 2025 carius kern um we've got him listed as an offensive tackle tray i think arkansas likes him at dt on the defensive side mm-hmm. we've got him at 64301 just had a uh, loyal hog sports subscriber mentioned on the message board there that he's heard that he's up to 65310 so semantics there but big old boy either way and he's got five sec offers arkansas georgia mississippi state Ole miss and tennessee as well as uh, i think he's got smu memphis a couple others in there but he's a big time target for next year's class only a three-star but i think he's got a chance to keep yeah. going up over the next year or so high three-star uh, i mean he's number two ranked player yeah. in arkansas and six four three oh one for class of 2025 is plenty big yeah plenty big so um that's a big one now i mean he's he's going to georgia and a a few others i think maybe tennessee i think he's visited so good to get him on campus this is a guy who visited in june came up for a camp and really blew the staff away and every camp he went to it was the same deal that's how he stacked up you know these offers so quickly really athletic big man so we can start with carius there and then of course uh, i've got a few recruiting notes that i kicked off the week with this morning a lot of commitments, as you might expect, Trey, they're always uh, on hand, right? So mm-hmm. uh, C.J. Brown told me he's going to be back. Kobe Branham, I'm sorry if I forget anybody. Grayson Wilson for the 25 class, your quarterback, really having a good year. I know we mentioned some of their stats last uh, last week. CAC lost a thriller, 53-50, to 50, I want to say, at Clinton this past week. But I think Grayson threw for two, two, two more touchdowns, ran for three more, so – He's putting up a, a really, really solid junior year. And uh, Tay Lockett told me he's planning on coming to the Auburn or the Missouri game, kind of waiting on uh, a better kickoff time than 11 a.m., which is understandable when you live in California. You know, that's a yeah. long trip to make for any kickoff. But, yeah, just a few of my notes this morning there on the site. And, uh, so I think throughout the week I'm not expecting just a you know blockbuster-type list, Trey, but – I think it's going to end up being a pretty good one. Uh, weather seems like it's going to cooperate yep. so far from what I'm seeing. So, man, I love a late October game in Fayetteville. It's just really tough to beat. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm ready to get back, ready to get it. They always play like ass on my birthday weekend, Danny. <laughs> is this your birthday weekend? Yeah, it is. Maybe I ain't going after all. I know <laughs> where this thing's headed. I'll tell you what, you know, we always talk like, you know, things that happen like – Ole Miss weekend, you know, my wife ran over something and her tire got slashed and it's Friday night, our first night together. And I still blame her. Yeah. It's <laughs> all her fault, dude. Well, first night together without, you know, kid and, and everything. And that's our date night, me changing a, a uh, tire and 
putting a spare on and then going over to eat dinner and then they telling us at like 7:45 that the kitchen's just closed at 7:45 on a Friday night and we had to go somewhere you know and we're just like all right this is not going to end up good like I always base stuff I base stuff on like do I get a good parking spot did I hit a mm-hmm. bunch of red lights or am I going through green lights when I'm going to practice like all <laughs> what, these what year things was it that, you had a wreck at Auburn some No that was years. at Georgia some kid ran oh, into Georgia. me in a rental car which was, uh-huh. and it, I mean, I ended up barely making it into the stadium in time. I was, I'd left to get there early so I could walk around campus and stuff. And uh, some kid just ran into me. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, and then they just got smoked, of course. 37 nothing, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, well, so this past weekend, Danny, I didn't tell you this, but um, wife gets up in the middle of the night and, you know, she's trying to find her way back to the bed and stubs her toe on mm. but not just stubs it danny breaks it she broke it four o'clock in the morning yep broke her toe yep yeah hey, so hey, i was just cool. like okay this isn't going good in alabama <laughs> you, know? Yikes. you know in addition to well, all the I, stuff that uh i think you're withholding and people need that type of information for betting purposes just tell them know? what's going on in my life <laughs> yeah I mean, we gotta <laughs> we gotta know the vibe dude I know. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Tell Marilyn, tell her to just stay her butt at the house. Evidently, don't even get out of bed. Don't even get out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) So that's on you, breakfast in bed, lunch and dinner, I guess. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, I I don't think I got anything to complain about the LSU game, but uh, I don't know. So, yeah. Hey, I'm starting to feel better about them, though, Trey. I know we uh, we don't yeah. have a whole lot of recruiting to talk about, but I like this matchup for Arkansas. I didn't get a chance to listen to Andrew. I'm sure he felt the same way. And, um, right. uh, you know, I'm not speaking for y'all, but I, I think we all kind of tend to agree. Man, it's time. And, and you know, <laughs> the past is the past. Let it go. Time to get some wins, man. And I, I'm really studying Mississippi State today. I'm liking this matchup for Arkansas. I, I thought too. it was curious. Yeah. You know, I had a little stat pack this morning I put out. I'm not sure if you read it or not, but they've played 31 times Mississippi State and Arkansas since Arkansas joined the conference in 92. Only seven of those have been in Fayetteville. So uh, I looked up the average margin of, uh, you know, a victory or a loss, whatever it might be. Arkansas leads the series in Fayetteville 4-3 to three, with an average of 31.2 to uh, 27.8. So basically 31-28. And that happened to be the final score of the last time they played in Fayetteville. Yeah. So that was a great game. I got dibs on that. I got dibs on that prediction yeah. this week. I'm going in first to the prediction. <laughs> I called it. I'm going 31-28 Arkansas. But I actually, um, honestly, all jokes aside, I think this is one that Arkansas could let let go of a little bit of frustration. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they pull away with. It. I know yeah. that's a mouthful coming out of a five game losing streak. A lot of heartbreak, but. That's where I'm seeing it so far this week. I, I really like Arkansas in this. It's always a point of contention when we're doing our, our prediction story because we all go in there individually and like, hey, I'm going in the prediction story. And you go in there and Curtis, somebody, Curtis somebody's somebody got your score. Pick every week. He does. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a thief is what he is. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> he's a prediction thief. No, we all make pretty close predictions, but it does get pretty tic-tac trying to, trying to separate them. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean – it stinks that they're two and five right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. nobody likes losing. Um, you know, even when I do like. By the way, I'm not. I got to say this because I, I was doing the. I don't even know what I say sometimes on the walk and talk, and all the comments were like, "Trey, please don't stop doing the." I'm not. I'm not stopping the walk and talk. I'm not stopping. Like, but I, apparently I said like I don't even know why I'm, or if I should keep doing these or something. But um, <laughs> I'm still going to keep doing the walk and talk. But. Uh, I don't even know where I was where I was going before that, but I, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because yeah. I was like, walk why are all these people saying away. like, why why is Trey not doing the walk and talk anymore? So, <laughs> so. You know what kills me is like thirty minutes after every game, I'll get on the board and they're like, where's the walk and talk? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> right after. <laughs> Give them a minute, man. And no matter how many times I say like, we got a lot to do before you know it's time yeah. to leave. You know, there's a lot. There's press conferences. There's waiting on press conferences. There's stories. Everybody's got to write. We got to get the information out. All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still I see stuff like you know fans are frustrated and I, and you know I get it and you know people are pointed at me like here comes Trey Biddy again for the walk and talk for you know boot licking Sam Pittman and all this kind of stuff and you know yeah. people are just so frustrated. Nobody likes nobody likes losing, you know. 
Um, I do get a laugh though when I click on some of the profiles and stuff of these people that oh, are talking man. all tough and it's like you little <laughs> pencil neck, no shoulder dork. <laughs> like you would never say that to my and nobody has ever nobody ever has like some of the stuff no. that they say. Like literally nobody has ever said any of that stuff. But uh, we get a little uh, a lot of pencil necks on there that uh, try to act tough. My grandpa used to say, "Just pray for him, son. Just pray for him." <laughs> I gave one That's guy a lecture. I was like, "Look, I was like, look, man, you're young, like." this is not the way here. This is not how you talk to people. You know, <laughs> like you yeah. got to do better than that. You just come <laughs> off as a coward. Do you dad him up a little bit? I dad him up every once in a while, <laughs> especially the young guys, you know, that are just like, you know, reckless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I'm I mean, you said, like I said about the guy, like they called me the P word after the LSU game. Now, um, which word is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, um, oh, I got you. rhymes with now. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just like, I look at this guy's profile. I'm just like, Oh my, this guy's so scrawny. Not that there's anything wrong with being scrawny or everybody's got their own sizes and talent. I'm not meaning that or anything in age groups and whatnot, but just like, I'm just thinking like when I was, you know, your age, like if you said that to somebody and we didn't have like the social media stuff, but if you said that to somebody, you were going to get punched in the face. Like, and you had to be ready. And it's just it's comical to me, like how people think they can just like I'm going to get in here and like call Trey Biddy the p word and just get away with it completely. I looked up the guy's dad and I messaged his dad and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Is this your son? Like, you want to know what's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, I've been there, man. I'm just ah, oh, it's tough for me sometimes to to keep it in, but. Yeah, I found the best thing I can do is just give myself a couple hours after the game. And just, um, you know, if, I, if I've if i got a deer stand nearby, I need to go sit in it. I yep. mean, the older I get, my blood pressure, it yep. just <laughs> it ain't what it used to be. So. You know, I, I'll say this yeah, too, Danny. Point. Like for me, like, and I know we're going off on a tangent, just conversation, but like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people out there in media and stuff who talk, you know, big and like are very negative and pointed and yep. angry and all that stuff. But – What's different, I think, for me is, like, I go and sit in the front row of the press conference, and I'm as honest as I can be about how I feel about stuff, and I don't know that there's really anybody else who who does that, who calls it like they see it and goes and sits in the front row of the press conference and talks to Sam Pittman, you know, right after saying what I think about the game plan that he had or how he's performing as a head coach. Yeah, it's a different deal, man. Uh, a lot of people don't realize the that, angry, especially. the angry people that you hear on radio and all that kind of stuff, yeah. or on TV, the hot take guys. They're not yeah. at any press conference. They're not looking at Never anybody. They're not looking anybody in the eye. They're just not. Nah. even when they show up. If yeah, <laughs> silence. At anybody in the silence. Eye. Silence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, brother. Uh, what anyway, else you got don't for know us? How we got off on that, but but that's the recruiting report this week. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a regular conversation of us, you know, just talking. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what just happened. <laughs> well, without a few expletives, I guess. But sure. Yeah, that's we on your end, not on mine. The curtain. On yeah. your end. <laughs> you almost said the p word, dude. I just said the p word. That's, you can you can't say the p word. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to check check with twenty four seven, dude. That's right. you. <laughs> I yeah. think you're good. All right, brother. Hey, looking forward to seeing you, man. Yeah, uh, me too. I, again, I, I feel good about it. And uh, again, uh, for people who still want to keep up with recruiting, I'm I'm checking with as many as I can throughout the day and will throughout the rest of the week. But uh, we've got some names already up, and, and I would expect to be adding. You know, uh, again, not a stellar list, but I think it's going to be a decent one. Yep. All right, brother. Appreciate you, Danny. All right, man. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7. These are are like how conversations with me and Danny go a lot of the times. Maybe a few more expletives, but uh, that's not atypical. We don't always – we don't see each other a whole lot either. Like, Danny's, you know, one of my best friends, and I know he works for me and everything, but he's like, we're boys. But we don't see each other a whole lot, and a lot of times – at the press box is, you know, the only time we'll see each other for a stretch. We talk, but, you know, a lot of times that'll be like a long stretch. And this particular one, you know, you've got from BYU, which will be 35 days between games. So, all right, where are we going now? We are going to go with the fastest, best 
most reliable internet service that you can possibly get at our friends at Ozarks. Go 479-684-4900, Northwest Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri. Local people, you call this number, you're going to talk to somebody who probably knows, uh, you know, what's going on with the state of the Razorbacks. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get somebody in a call center or something because it's a local company. You're also not going to sacrifice anything with having a local company. As I mentioned, I get 2,500 megabits per second. That's the multi-gig service. They also offer gigabit, which is 1,000 megabits per second. And they offer several other different tiers, I believe, of internet service. I've used the gigabit before, and I've used the multi-gig, which is what I have now. I just got that recently uh, because they wanted me to try it out. And let me tell you, it is incredibly fast. And the bandwidth, like we use a lot of different devices. We're not lagging at all over here. Um, and you know, the, the gigabit service was fantastic. I thought as well, and I think it'll be great for most people also. Uh, but, um, great service over at Ozarks go Two nice gentlemen. That's what I experienced. Two nice guys came over and hooked everything up the first time, did the same thing the second time. It was real quick in and out. And, um, I haven't had a problem with them since. 479-684-4900 for ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G. Go check them out. If you need better internet, they're there for you. Hopefully they're in your area. If they're not, you know, always check in because they are, I mean, they're continuing to expand. Their map is getting larger and larger. Hmm. Where are we going? Carius Kern, that sounds like a, that sounds like a lineman. Questions? What y'all got? Let me get to actually, if I go to this page over here, you might have to bear with me. How much time we got? We got a little bit of time. All right, I'm going to go to Facebook. So Facebook has done the thing now where they just, they only show you a, a small portion of the comments. So you can't like look at all of them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go there from the front page. Click on the video, and that should, yes, give me all the comments. All right. Adam Green says they only looked good against Bama because they got two penalties. Um, I think you make a good point there. Like, the play calling didn't just, like, drastically get worlds better. You know, those last two scoring drives that Arkansas had, they got a big penalty, which is a face mask, which I don't know what that guy was thinking uh, on a third down, and they got a pass interference penalty also, which is part of the game, but it's lucky for Arkansas. Those were called, first of all, and they happened on third down. By the way, I didn't mention this, but that shot that that dude took over the middle on Isaac Tesla, um, that is a defenseless player. And it's a penalty. It's a 15-yard penalty. I don't know what in the hell these announcers think is the rule, but they don't know what the rule is, and apparently the officials don't either. But when a player is, like, trying to make a catch and they haven't had time to establish themselves, they haven't become a runner, and you knock the tar out of them like that, that's a penalty. He's going to live. He's going to be okay. But it is a penalty. Ridiculous that the, the guys calling the game don't know that that's a penalty. They're like, that's a good, clean hit. No, it's not. It's a penalty. He's lucky he wasn't seriously injured. Gene Horton says, but you make a good point there, Adam. And also on that next drive, you had, you know, KJ um, scrambling for like 23 yards, um, avoiding making that incredible play and, and ditching that tackler and then finding Varquez Gums for that play. I mean, that was KJ just. I keep saying KJ being KJ, but I don't know how else to put it. It's KJ being Superman. I wonder how many people realize that browse was never the issue. Yeah, I mean, that's something I talked about a lot when we saw changeover and people were, like, clamoring for browse and happy that he's leaving and stuff. And I'm like, man, 471 yards a game. I know they had problems in short yardage, but 471 yards a game and the defense was a disaster last year. I'm not so sure that we should be just be like – yeah, time for time for browse to to move on. Now, Justin, I don't think it's entirely fake news. I mean, I wouldn't say that that's the only reason. Well, I w- okay, I would correct that on Adam's comment. Um, I wouldn't say that's the only reason they looked good against Bama, but I will say, like from an offensive standpoint, yes, that really aided them at the end. But the fact that you, I mean, you can't just say like they held Alabama to twenty four points. That's pretty damn good. 250 yards of offense isn't enough. As I mentioned in the walk and talk, um, Middle Tennessee State is the only team that put up fewer yards than Arkansas did out of all of Alabama's other six opponents. 
Let's see. Uh, we got a little spammer. <laughs> this this person, Hannah Campbell, is like getting on everybody's comments like, hey, let's chat. <laughs> wow. James Kirk says the offense was terrible most of the game against Bama except for when they got desperate and started playing with some urgency, even ran some hurry up. They ran some hurry up a good bit through the game. Um, they did not – attack the middle of the field. They did not throw the ball deep. And I think part of that is because every time KJ Jefferson jump, you know, steps back and he's got to wait for the play to develop, he gets sacked. Taryn Henry says Rocket is quit. KJ next. Um, I don't know that KJ Jefferson's quitting. Rocket, just by the language of how I've heard things, it sounds like maybe he's not going to come back. I think he might have tweaked his knee a little bit on Tuesday. Norman Hunt says all Arkansas needed was a stop and another possession, and more importantly, didn't lay down after giving up 24 unanswered points. But, yeah, a win in homecoming week would be great. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Where are we going? A lot of comments back and forth. Hey, Trey, Newcomer of the Year for men's basketball, who you got? Hmm. That's a tough one. Battle. If he gets healthy. I like battle. Taron Henry says, he's in the comments again. Could have sworn Arkansas lost on this. Right, he's just making more excuses. You know, that's an interesting comment, Okay. There's this crowd out there, and Taryn Henry's one of them, who are like, all I hear is excuses, excuses, excuses. Like, I can do – like, I do my walk and talk, right? And there's a guy in the comments, like, I did a bunch of excuses. Like, if I were up there going, like, I'm sorry this walk and talk sucks. I'm – you know, I, I didn't have a good path, and I didn't – you know, the lighting's bad, and, you know, all this stuff. That would be excuses. That would be – but, like, I don't have any control – over what Sam Pittman does. I don't have any control over the team. I don't have any control over what Danny knows his play, you know, his play calls. Like the other option is for me just to walk and not say what happened in the game. Me explaining what happened in a game is not excuses. It's just not. It's just like me talking about what happened. Like I can say, this is why they lost. This is why they lost. This is why they lost. And somebody will go, excuses. Excuses, excuses. Taryn Henry is one of these people. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's all you hear. It's not somebody talking about themselves. They're talking about something else. It's not the same thing. And it's just insane to me that people think that way. It makes no sense at all. Like, you can't talk about something without somebody like this guy going, I just hear excuses, just a bunch of excuses. I mean, that's just such a clown take. It it really is. I mean, just you got to do better than that. You do. Just more excuses. You sound like some old man yelling at a cloud. Trey, do you think KJ will come back? The reason I don't think he will come back, I think a lot of people, this is uh, from Keegan Ryan Gomer, a lot of people have it in their head when they enter a season, like this is my year, I'm going pro. And I point to like Jaden Hazelwood, who probably should have come back. Um, I think Hazelwood's on a practice squad, but he probably would have made more money than he is in Philly right now on a practice squad at Arkansas. And, you know, might have got drafted with another good year. Norman Hunt says, I must have missed the walk and talk. You must have, Norman. Let's see. Trey, would you say Garrett Barnes says, Trey, would you say we have been mount matched in all SEC games we played so far? If we went out, most experts might. Uh, I hate you, Facebook. Why are you jumping like this? Why do you tweak stuff all the time? Like it's working fine. Like I'm not against change, but like change for the better. Trey, would you say we've been mount matched in all SEC games we played so far? If we went out, most experts might say it's meeting expectations. Yeah, I mean probably what. Like a lot of national people would say, I don't think that they've been outmatched in every SEC games. 
the one I would say that they really got outmatched in was against um, Texas A&M. Uh, I thought the matchup with Texas A&M's defensive front versus Arkansas's offensive line and tight ends was a huge mismatch. A huge enough mismatch to basically give Arkansas a very razor thin margin of you know error to potentially win that game. Uh, I don't think Alabama's that good. I mean, I think they're obviously got a lot of talent. I don't think that, especially on offense, I don't think that uh, Milrose the answer at quarterback. I think what you'll see Alabama do in the offseason is go find a quarterback, go find a stud quarterback somewhere. I guarantee you almost that they will go find another quarterback in the offseason. James Hill says, I bet Rocket doesn't come back this season. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Rocket, but it kind of feels like get yourself back healthy, get ready for combine. I don't know that that's what's happening, but that's kind of looking between the lines. I don't mean to say – don't take that to the bank because that's just me just kind of speculating. All I hear is excuses. Does that do it, James? James Hill wanted me to do it again. Excuses! <laughs> Man, people just <sighs> – Brian Durkin says, I hear Sam make the comment quite often. Just want just want to it close till the fourth quarters. I don't think – when has he said that? I, I hear Sam make this comment quite often. Just want to it close till fourth quarter. To me, that's saying don't think we can win. No, that's not what he's saying. Like when you're going on the road in the SEC, you want to make sure that you have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Like that's a goal a lot of times. And like if it plays out differently, great, but you want to make sure that you have a shot in the fourth quarter. Now, it worked out very well for Sam Pittman, but that is a – I've always said that too. I say that all the time. Like when you're talking about basketball, for example, like if you can, if you can give yourself a chance at the end of the game – and have a chance to win the game at the end of the game, half the time you're going to win the road games. And if you can do that, then maybe you're talking like 12-6 and because you're going to split those generally. The problem for Arkansas is they haven't been splitting them. They've been losing them. So I don't think that's an awful way to go into, you know, a game. And then, like, you get to the fourth quarter, and then if you're the better team, that's where the – you know, that's – and Alabama does that a lot too. I think Alabama, you know, plays – you know, over the years when Alabama was, you know, maybe a little bit stronger. But – I think Alabama will like play, you know, and manage a game, and then when it's fourth quarter, third, what about midway through third quarter? Then they really, you know, step on it. Yeah, I don't. I think you're misreading that, Brian. When will Pittman actually have his recruits on the depth chart? I know there's overlap for about two to four years. Have his recruits on the depth chart? Um, let me think. Like, so on the offensive line, there's. Three of his recruits at running back, DeBinion and AJ Green are his. At wide receiver, all the starting wide receivers and the backups are all his. Defensive line is, say, not Gregory, but and not Carter, but everyone else is his. Of the main players on the defensive line, Zach Williams isn't his, but every, and Jashad is Jashad Stewart his. Jashad Stewart's his. So almost everybody on the defensive line. All the linebackers, the entire secondary except for Hudson Clark. Yeah, so most most everybody. Isaac Riley says, "Do you get Paramount Plus automatically when you join Hog Sports Live?" Well, it's not Hog Sports Live. That's just the show. The site is Hog Sports HogSports.com H A W G Sports.com, and no, you don't get it automatically. It's a loyalty perk. So if you were to sign up for a dollar. You sign up for a dollar for the first month, and then if you like it, you want to stick with us, and it's like I think nine ninety five or something like that uh, every month after that. But you also get not just Paramount Plus when that happens when you go on the regular rate. Not only do you get Paramount Plus for free, Showtime is also free. You're getting Showtime, Paramount Plus, Hog Sports, and access to everything in the twenty four seven Sports Network. Other teams VIP message boards even. So you get all of everything that twenty four seven Sports offers with your home base being Hog Sports, Paramount Plus, and Showtime. So it's a dollar for a month. You try it out. You like it. I want to keep it. And then you get Paramount Plus, Showtime, and Hog Sports and all that stuff. So that's how that works. You can sign up for 30% off also. If you sign up for the 30% off the annual 
then it actually doesn't kick in until later. I think you could probably email our support team and say, hey, I just want to play full price right now and get Paramount Plus and Showtime sign up for the year. You could probably do it like that. Kingsley says, how do you activate Paramount Plus? Is it the same login? It's not. So you go to Hog Sports. I'm looking at it right now. And you would click on settings on the top right. You reauthenticate, so you log back in. And then when Paramount Plus is available to you under subscriptions, it says, I'm looking at complimentary, complimentary Paramount Plus essentials. So you click on that, and it's going to walk you through the whole sign-up process from there. And again, totally free. Paramount Plus is $100 a year. Showtime's, I think, $100 a year. Hog Sports is about $100 a year. So basically, you're paying one price for three subscriptions. Pretty solid deal. Fantastic deal, really. I mean, even if you just wanted Paramount Plus or you just, excuse me, or you just wanted Showtime or you just wanted Hog Sports, just sign up at Hog Sports and you get everything. So if you're ever just thinking like, I kind of want Paramount, I want to watch Halo, I want to watch Yellowstone 19, whatever, (laughs) whatever they're coming out with next, um, you know, then just sign up at Hog Sports and get all that and get Paramount also and get Showtime. Pretty good deal. All right, I think we've covered everything. We'll have more in depth about uh, Mississippi State. We didn't really get into the Bulldogs today, which is pretty typical for the Monday show. We kind of look back and look at the state of the program, talk recruiting with Danny, those kinds of things. So we've gone an hour. I was planning on going 40 minutes. I'm going to be late for practice, damn it. All right, went a little late today. I got to get out of here. All right, thanks, everybody, for joining me. Appreciate you, Andrew. Appreciate you, Danny. Thanks to all of you for hopping on with us everybody for hopping on even mr excuses sorry taryn i didn't mean to call you out but man i get tired of that excuses talk thanks for joining me everybody this has been trey biddy with hogsports.com and we'll catch you next time